0: Good morning, and thanks to the help you get from ASC certified technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, we'll help you keep it running. You're going to take it into your favorite deal, your favorite shop. Dan will give you a little more information, maybe that you didn't have before that. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. You have a good uh, good week.
1: We did have a good week. It was. Are you hearing me?
0: Yeah, okay. you're fine.
1: I, I, actually, I was just as, as I put these headphones on, you know. I, after all the years, I don't hear that well anymore from all the noise and ear damage. <laughs> and when I come in here and put these headphones on, it makes me realize I should live my life with headphones on. I could hear everything. You hear they're, everything. They're, they're awesome.
0: Now this is <laughs> this is somewhat off the uh, somewhat off topic. But when you uh, or your guys are working on vehicles and using all these power tools and stuff, I mean, do does OSHA say, hey, you better wear some earplugs?
1: Well, you, uh, oh, common sense. Common does. sense. And, does. Uh, yes, we have all the all of that you know earplugs and 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 gloves yeah. and uh, eye protection and all that now but you know back in the day when when we started there was yeah. none of that they didn't they didn't even make you know protective <laughs> glasses so you couldn't yeah. even find them and <laughs> and uh, if you wear earplugs you were a sissy
0: uh, so. <laughs> and you couldn't hear me right. people talking to you yeah. yeah so i'm
1: paying the price for that now but no it's it's much safe well even and the, the other thing denny you've been there and, and seen how clean our shop is very much so you know the air exchanger and all that we have we pump fresh air into the shop I didn't all know day that. long yeah well, so makes sense yeah it makes a big makes a big difference I much guess. much safer place to work nowadays
0: all right well if you uh again i have a question a car character question, you want to talk to this guy, you can either call it in, like some folks are doing, or send a Dan a text. That number is 81807. Keeping in mind, Dan will be here for about another 30 minutes till Jack Farrell's wine chat at 745. So don't wait if you have a question. Let him help you out. Uh, I see one line open, 651-989-9226. And again, the text is 81807. I'll tell you what let's do. Let's. I have a question, but Kevin in wasikas is first up here. Kevin, what's your question? Yes, a very good spring morning to you. And um, to you. Uh, my question is, uh, I change my own oil. I have a 07 Chevy Silverado pickup. I changed my own oil. Uh, recommendation is 10W30. I've been using 1040. Is there actually any difference other than the viscosity of the oil uh, between the Ten thirty and a ten forty, or I used forty because I wanted a little older engine. I thought a little heavier. Am I looking at the right thing here? Now, thank you very much, now. Yeah,
1: well, uh, <laughs> there's such a subtle difference in between ten thirty and ten forty, and in all of the viscosities in oil. The reason that the manufacturer recommends a particular one is that's what the engine was manufactured for, or engineered with, and uh, in their opinion, that's what's going to get you the best gas mileage probably is the first thing that they're concerned with and then protect the engine and uh you know whether the ten forty or the ten thirty is better is actually better for the longevity of your engine I don't know the ten thirty will certainly give you slightly better mileage I don't know if it's even measurable but it's but it's uh you know you'll get slightly better mileage with a thinner oil because you have less resistance in the engine and uh, but I will give you go back to my kind of age old answer is if it makes you feel good and it and then that's exactly what you should do and using 1040 in your in your engine will absolutely not hurt anything good all so right you'll be just fine doing that and and if that's what you've been doing forever that's what you should continue to do because you personally have had success with it very good. I think it's a good idea.
0: All right, let's see who's next. Uh, don't forget the text numbers, 81807. We'll pick up on those in a moment. But Gary is calling from uh, Monticello, I believe, with a question. Gary, you're on CCO with Dan. Thank you for taking my call, long-time mm-hmm. listener. Thank you. So I've got a 1966 Pontiac GTO with three deuces and a four-speed. My question is with the clutch. When, when the motor is running and the clutch is out, Got a slight rattle in it, but if you take your toe and lift up on the pedal, the rattle goes away. And I know there's a rod underneath there. I've looked underneath. that adjusts to the pedal to the clutch. But do you lengthen out that rod or do you shorten the rod? <laughs>
1: well, that's a, that's a tricky deal. First of all, I'd find out why and is it, is it the rod that's rattling for sure? Is that no? What it's
0: you? not the rod. It's not the rod. I'm sure it's the uh, throw up bearing. I just. Yeah. But because if you lift up the the pedal, then the noise goes away,
1: yeah well, and that's uh that would be my question is i'm not sure that well lengthening the rod is what would probably make the noise go away, but I'm also not sure that you want to do that because then what you're causing, where well, i mean what you're causing to happen is the uh, throw up bearing then is staying in contact with something, and I'm not sure that it should be doing that in, in other words, maybe what's your doing to make the noise go away is going to create a bigger problem of the, of the bearing rubbing on something else. So um, if the throw-up bearing is rattling in there, I'd be concerned about why it's rattling in there, and quite honestly, I'd want to be able to see what's going on in there. And so if you can get it up on a rack, I think there's probably uh, access points at which you could see what's going in there. At the you know at a if you actually took it to a real shop we could for sure get in there and see what's going on because we have scopes you know bore scopes that we can put up in there uh, little they're really cool Denny mm. this camera on this long arm and you stick this little tiny camera up inside of something like for example we'll stick it in a in a spark plug hole to see what's going on inside the cylinder. But uh, we have those types of cameras and things now, so we could see what's going on in there and see why it's rattling. How
0: neat is that? Yeah.
1: Wow. And, uh, but to answer your question, I think lengthening is probably what would uh, make the rattle go away.
0: Initially. Right, and yeah. Maybe Thank you, Gary. We're just, I know we have to take a break. We, we here in the studio, we're talking off air about older vehicles, classic-type cars that people just spend thousands of dollars right. uh, restoring or you know whatever starting or getting yeah just yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly but a uh, gto yeah that's one it car.
1: three deuces. that's that's oh, sweet yeah
0: pretty yeah. sweet all right uh, let's uh, we we have more callers so folks on the line don't go away texters you stay there too and we'll uh, we'll get your questions answered both by phone and by text here on cco's car care show and good morning welcome back to cco's car care show Danny long here with the uh, ase certified technician dan burns From uh, Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul, exactly, give us that location.
1: We are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or uh, give, uh, let's see, Nick a call today. All right, Nick's there. Yeah, big Nick, 651-228-1316.
0: All right. Very good. And we'll, we'll remind you of that before Dan leaves us. Dan's going to be with us till about 745 this morning, keeping that in mind. Uh, Dan, we have texters. We have callers. Let's uh, put you back to work here. Uh, Ralph is calling from uh, Horse Creek, Wisconsin. I But where is that, Ralph? Where is that located? It's between Star Prairie and Osceola. It's just a little area, and it never gets any recognition. Well, okay. doggone it. I'm glad you sure. called in, because I, uh, I know where Osceola is. Sure. Sure, it's just south of there, about 10 miles. Okay, very good. Well, what can we do for you, Ralph? Well, I've got an OBD2 code reader, and I'm getting code uh, PO445. I had that. Don't come back anymore, but 446 I get. And what it says, EVAP emission control system, vent control circuit shorted. And I pulled the EVAP canister off, and I put power to the little piston there, and it works. The piston
1: does. so. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that the vent solenoid is on the evap uh, thing itself, and uh, on that particular code, you can probably kind of trust that. Uh, But what kind of is it a Toyota or what kind of car is it? Oh
0: no, it's a Ford uh, 2013 F250. It's a 6.2 gas motor.
1: Yeah. Um, So we first thing we need to do is find out where the vent solenoid is. And if you were to search the web or YouTube or something like that, you would find that. And then uh, what you're doing is exactly right. <clears throat> you'll find that it's a two-wire solenoid, and if you feed power to it and ground to it, uh, you should hear it move. And I would, or or if you have a uh, an ohm meter, if you ohm it and find that it's it's shorted, then uh, you'll know that it has failed. But but uh, you know, when it comes to that evaporative system, there is probably maybe upwards of 10 different solenoids in order to get that thing all working correctly the way that it's supposed to. So first thing we need to do is find out where the vent solenoid is, and I'm not sure. It might be on that canister, but I'm I'm not sure that it is. So find right. that, and I think you'll – and then probably replace it, and you'll probably be a winner.
0: Okay, Ralph, thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see. David is next up here in Lake City. Uh, I'll tell you what. Let's do this. I'm don't want. i forgetting about the text messages. Right, I don't want to that. do that. A 2003 Passat, it says, 120,000 miles to V6 2.8 with two bad catalysts. How long can I operate before replacing? <laughs>
1: Catalytic converters. Uh, people don't want to replace them because they're very expensive. And so they... Uh, Put it off, and um, the if we had emissions testing here in the state of Minnesota like we used to, you would have to fix them right away because you would not pass your emissions test. So that's the reason that you would want to do it sooner rather than later is just because it's economic or uh, environmentally friendly. But uh, with regards to uh, uh, the the actual operation of the vehicle. there's a good chance that you could never replace them. Uh, the only thing that happens on those is if they, before they failed, if they started melting down, and they do, they can get so hot that the metal on the inside gets uh, starts to melt, and if mm. that happens, then your exhaust actually gets plugged, won't leave the vehicle, and uh, then, of course, the engine won't run. Air comes into the vehicle and air needs to go out of the, or air comes into the engine and air needs to get out of the engine in order for it to run. And if you don't let air out, it won't work. So,
0: All right, very good. Dan, we need to take a quick break. I want to alert David and Deb. You're going to be next on the phones, and then we'll get back to, with more text messages. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, answering your questions by phone and by text. Dan, we have a few minutes to go. We promised uh, the callers we would help them out. David is calling from Lake City. Uh, let's get David on. Hi, David. What can we do for you? All right, David's gone. Let's talk to Deb. We promised Deb too. Uh, Deb is calling from uh, Minatrista, I believe. Hi, Deb. Thanks for waiting. Hi, um, I have a 2004 Pontiac Grand Prix that um, we can't put any gas in it. When you try to pump gas into it, it just the the gas pump just clicks off all the time. Um, my husband is able to fill it like with a gas can. You're real slow, yeah. We, yeah, but we can't put use the gas pump.
1: Well, it's just like the other call that we had on the vent valve. <laughs> it's part—that's what's wrong—is it's part of your emission system, and uh, when you, as part of your emission systems, the the fuel system gets sealed while you're driving and and uh, as the vehicle sits uh, uh, under certain conditions, actually also. But it—but uh, in in order for you to be able to put gas in the car, a, a valve needs to open to let air out when you. Put liquid in, air has to come out, and uh, somewhere along the line that system is plugged, and uh, so you'll need to you'll actually need to bring that in and get some help on that to identify exactly what's plugged and where it's plugged. But uh, that's what's going on. It, the air is not being allowed out of the tank. If you actually if you went to the gas station and actually held it and just went really really slow with it, you could get gas in there until until you're able to. Uh, to get it into the shop and get it repaired.
0: But, but you guys have repaired that. Also, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, it's we, not a big We repair issue. that. Well, it, yeah, it can the, be. I mean, can it, I mean, it really? I mean,
1: it can involve the tank being coming oh, down yes. in, in some cases. Uh, if, For example, if rodents have gotten up there and chewed on something and caused trouble, sometimes the tank has to come down. So it can be a relatively big deal. But at any rate, you, you got to put gas in your car. Yeah. So it needs yeah. to be fixed. That's so, true. But, uh, but you'll have to take it in and get some help
0: with that. Thank you, Deb. Good luck with that. Uh, Let's go to John, who's calling from Minnetonka, and then we'll grab some text messages. Hi, John. What can we do for you? Yeah, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a quick question for you. I have a 2003 Chevrolet Tahoe. It's got about 180,000 miles on it, and I'm pretty sure I have noisy lifters. Mm -hmm. Is there a product that is good to add to the oil to correct that, or is there anything else that can be done? Thank you.
1: Well, according to the product manufacturers, All of them will fix that. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And uh, that may be, you know, if one of them is bleeding down, what you're talking about is a a hydraulic lifter. The lifter is actually filled with oil, and that's what takes the rattle out of it. And one of your lifters is not full of oil uh, when it's running, and and because of that, it's actually causing that rattling sound. And... uh, maybe a cleaner would help it, and there's some pretty aggressive cleaners that you could use, you know, that where, where you uh, put, put the additive into the oil and let the vehicle run for an hour or two or a week, or, I, you know, there are, there are different ones that work differently, but, but uh, try cleaning it first and see if that works, change the oil, and then uh, try some of the additives, and it's going to be trial and error on what works mm-hmm. for your car, you know it's an older vehicle so you don't want to put a lot of money into it but try one and and see what happens i've heard people have had some success with it and and uh i heard one guy i heard with regarding additives one guy had a real real minor uh leak in his cylinder head and it would uh, uh every morning <clears throat> the the uh one cylinder would have just a few drops of coolant in it and and uh, he proved that and and he found an additive that he added to the cooling system and ran it for, you know, several hours, and then drained it all out and, and put fresh coolant in, and it actually fixed it. It's, it did. It plugged it up and sealed it. So How about that. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, sometimes it sometimes works. Sometimes it works. So uh, it it won't won't fix it if it's if it's actually mechanically broken, but if it's just if it's just dirty, you might
0: have some success. All right. Good luck, John. Thank you. A text came in earlier this morning, uh, Dan, uh, about when storing a car for the winter. Texter said, "Should you change the oil before storage, or after coming out of storage, or both?"
1: Yeah, well, both is best. Uh, yeah. If you wanted to pick one or the other, I probably would change it before I put it into storage, because uh, then you know the 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 um, running of a vehicle and the byproducts that are left in the oil. Uh, Over time, after driving it for the summer, you probably don't. I mean, it's best to clean that out and put fresh oil in and uh, before you store it. And uh, I think there's no reason for it to for much to happen to the oil while it's actually just sitting. So I think that if you wanted to pick
0: one, I would change it when I put it before as you're as you're storing it. So over over the winter, let's say, I mean, given the temperature extremes. Can moisture get into that the fresh oil? Well, will it, no, is that I not mean, to worry about?
1: I, I, I actually, I think moisture gets in to the fresh oil from running the vehicle. Ah. You know the the crankcase ventilation system allows air into the um, system, and so I know when the vehicle is stored and sitting, I think that the it pretty much does not let any moisture in. Yeah. So I think more moisture comes from running the vehicle. So
0: what you would do is change it before as you're putting it in into store.
1: Yeah, I would, I would change it before I start it.
0: Okay, very good. Uh, let's see, Is another text that says, we recently had our 2013 Kia Sorento in for regular maintenance, and we're told that one of the ball joints is showing some wear. Mileage just over 80,000. Is this usual? and does it make sense to do both at the same time considering the price for two is $100 more than about 360 for one Did you get well,
1: that yeah i i guess it sounds like a pretty good deal for the second one so maybe i mean yeah. yeah i probably i probably would do both of them if i'm hearing the 80, question
0: 80,000 miles
1: 80,000 well that's what i was just going to that's maybe a little premature but you know we are installing ball joints every single day so it's a very common uh, repair and uh if it's it, and it's also a very very important component on the car in other words if the ball joint fails the wheel falls off and mm. so you don't want that to happen so <laughs> first of all good point. for sure fix the broken one and uh you know if the budget will allow it, if it's a really good deal uh yeah go ahead and do them both yeah. uh, but if you can only afford the one, just do that. That'd be fine.
0: Especially if you're going to keep the vehicle for a while. Right. Yeah. But, it, you know, it, it, the thing is,
1: uh, there's no guarantee that the other one will fail. So, ah. uh, you know, if if you want to... It's a bit of a gamble. If you want to... yeah, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not much of a gambling man. So, yeah. I mean, I fix what I can see is broken, and I'm yeah. satisfied with that. All right.
0: You and I were talking off air uh, just before the show started about, I said, Dan, I know we've talked about this. We've had callers on the air that claimed... The opposite. Uh, but I swear I on, on our car, Sandy's vehicle and my vehicle gets better mileage now. I don't know if the ratio of the ethanol has changed, if that ever changes. But it seems to maybe it's just the weather that's warmer. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I'm getting three to four miles more MPG.
1: Remember, we had a really smart caller call in about this one time. Yeah, He gave us a whole list of why... You get better gas mileage in the summer than you do in the winter and and uh, he talked about fuel the mixed change of fuel mixture, yeah. and he said it I think he's one that said that it doesn't really change much between summer and winter maybe maybe that's true i don't know. I think I agree with you, though I get way better gas mileage in the in the summer.
0: And certainly when it's ten below versus forty five above. Yeah, well, and it's, it's suddenly
1: happen. too. So I, yeah. I think there is something to the gas yeah. mixture. I think that's true. But he also listed things like rolling resistance, and that's for oh, sure true. Okay. You know, the uh, if you take a. a a warm object and try and move it compared to a cold object, the <laughs> warm true. object moves way better. So, I'm like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that too. I do, I do way better after I'm warmed up.
0: we got to go, Dan. All right. How do we get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's?
1: Well, uh, come on over. We are at 982 Grand Avenue, right between Lexington and Victoria in St. Paul. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give a call as soon as this morning at 651 228 One three one six. See
0: you next year, uh, next week, huh? Yeah, next week and next year, I hope. And next year, yes, we're (laughs) looking ahead. Thanks, Dan. All right, Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive.